Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCathome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. You know, life is full (laughs) of interruptions like that. Most of the time in life when, when interruptions come, we see it sort of as a negative thing, kind of like that on the video, but the interruptions that we experience in life aren't always negative. God actually can use and even does bring interruptions into our lives for a greater purpose. My name is Josh De La Rosa, and if I've not had a chance to meet you, I'm the senior pastor here at OCC, and I just want to welcome you again to our evening service tonight. It's a really special night. We're celebrating a baptism in a little bit, and we're continuing on in our Church Now series. We're about to, I think we're near the middle now of Acts chapter 8. We've been walking through the book of Acts. Really, it tells the story of Christianity and the movement of Christianity in the first century. And so today, we're, we're going to look at the topic of interruptions. Also, if this is your first time since... September, actually, we have been walking through this series, and Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament, the second division of the Bible, and it highlights the actions of Jesus' church, and and here behind me is the major theme for the whole book of Acts. It's, it's found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and this is where Jesus, he sent his followers out with their mission, their, their main assignment, which it really has remained our assignment as a church, or for those of you who have already decided to follow Jesus, this verse behind me, it lays out the, the focus of our lives. So let's look at Acts 1.8. It will be on the screen as well. Acts 1.8 reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And last week, Bryce uh, our student ministry uh, director, he was preaching through the early part of Acts 8, and he was highlighting how the the message of the gospel was impacting a region called Samaria, which outside of so Jerusalem, the city that we've been sort of focused on, is a part of a region called Judea. And the neighboring region to the north is Samaria. And God was using a man named Philip to do ministry in Samaria. He was preaching and people were coming to know Jesus. And tonight we're actually going to see how Jesus' message moved out further towards the end of the earth. And so let's pick this up in Acts chapter 8. And let's pray before we launch in. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time and this group that you've gathered. We thank you, Lord, for uh, setting aside this space and providing it, God. We, We are so grateful to use this space. Lord, we thank you for uh, the evening that you have planned for us as we've been able to worship you already and now look at your word and then celebrate with some people tonight who are going public uh, in their faith. And, and Lord, we just we honor you and we welcome you to this place. Would you speak to us, God, in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's pick it up in Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 26, and it reads this. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Now, Philip, as we learned the last couple of weeks, Philip was one of the seven men given leadership back in the beginning of Acts chapter 6. And he was a man of good reputation. He, had, he was full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. 
And it says, an angel spoke to him and said this. This angel tells him, get up and go south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and he went. And I love this statement right here. There's really no delay with Philip. The angel says, get up and go south, start going down this road. And he, he immediately goes. This is consistent with Philip's character. He was a person led by God's spirit. And so when, when God was directing him through this angel, Philip takes off. He begins to go. He's obedient. Now here's, again, a map of the region. You can sort of, if you're near one of these screens, you can sort of orient yourself. You'll see Jerusalem down near the, the bottom of the screen. And the angel tells Philip to start heading on this road towards Gaza. So start heading west on this desert road. And it goes on in the verse that says, So he got up and he went, back to verse 27, And there was a man, or there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. So in those days, Ethiopia was at least a thousand miles from Jerusalem. So that would have been quite a journey for this Ethiopian man to come and to travel to Jerusalem. And what we learn from this text so far is that this man had come from Central Africa, which is below the land of Egypt, northern, northern central Africa, to worship the God of Israel. He traveled quite a distance to Jerusalem. And we don't know his whole backstory, but it's likely that some of the Jews who'd either been scattered and settled many hundreds of years before had either traveled through Ethiopia or were still living in that region, and somehow he knew about the opportunity to worship God, the God of Israel, in Jerusalem in the temple. And so this man, he comes, he's, he's on somewhat of a spiritual pilgrimage, uh, but he's not a believer in Jesus, but he's, he's leaning in and he wants to know more about this God, and he's come to worship this God in Israel. But I want you to catch something. He's, he's spiritually open. God is doing something in his heart. God is actually compelling. He's drawing his heart. And it says of this man that he's got an Old Testament scroll that he's reading aloud. And it's, it's the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah scroll. And it's from 700 years before. This is, and he's, he's, he's reading it. He's trying to understand some things. It says of him that he's, he's a eunuch, which was very common in ancient kingdoms for eunuchs to serve in the court of the king and the queen. And so this is the eunuch who served as a high official in in the you know and and he was a it's he's identified as someone who served the queen candace of ethiopia but he's also identified as a very powerful man who's in charge of the queen's treasury and so this would be like the cfo of the entire ethiopian kingdom he's got an entourage he's not alone he's with other people he's sitting in the chariot some people are driving the chariot or or uh, and, and probably attending to, to him. And this story almost, in some ways, makes no sense. Why would this foreign high official be open to God? 
Why would any of us be open to God? I mean, really. In our, in our natural state, you and I are spiritually dead. We're spiritually bankrupt. We don't have the resources to, to draw close to God. That's not something that is natural for us. Spiritually dead men, they can't respond to God unless God breathes life into us. Unless God, God's spirit starts drawing our hearts towards life, then we just remain spiritually dead. And that's exactly what was occurring here is God was drawing this foreigner to worship. And God's preparing him for an encounter. And so Philip, let's go back to Philip. Philip is on the road, obedient. And this man's chariot is passing by. And verse 29 reads, The Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Sometimes in life, God stops us and he just redirects our steps. How many of you have been driving down the road and you've seen someone with car trouble and you just knew God wanted you to stop. Or maybe you're going about your day and the phone rings and you look at the phone and you're thinking, oh, I don't really have time. But I think God wants me to answer this. Or, or there's a knock on the door. Or maybe God puts someone on your heart. And you're just the thought is, I should check in with this person. I think something might be going on. Why does this person keep coming to my mind? And sometimes it's body language. Sometimes I'll notice body language. And it's almost like God will say, you should stop and ask. Or you should, you should find out how they're doing. And our options, whenever there is a, maybe an interruption in our day, is to, is to you know, we can stop. We can as Philip does, run towards the opportunity and the situation, or we could sort of brush it off and we could just think, you know, I'm just too busy. Or I had a plan and this doesn't fit in my plan. Or I don't want to be inconvenienced. Or I'm so busy with my life, with my family, with my job, with my studies that I just don't really have time. Once I was interrupted in my day with a request to meet a man who was down and out. And was now homeless. And this guy had actually been a millionaire twice. He had launched two successful companies, but at this point in his life, he was in a bad spot. And he was homeless. And so I met up with this guy reluctantly. But that visit, it really changed his life and my life. That was 10 years ago. But I remember doing his funeral about six years ago. His name was Vince. And I remember meeting some family members of this man, Vince, and talking with them about how his life had been transformed in those final years of his life as he'd become a part of our church and met many of you and, and had become like family to several people. Well, you probably had moments of your own where there was an interruption and there was a knock on the door and or maybe a text. Well, well for Philip, God's spirit directly interrupted Philip and just said, Philip, go and join that chariot. And so verse 30, when Philip ran up to it, he, he runs to it. It's not dragging his feet. He heard this Ethiopian man reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? He asks him a question. Verse 31, 
How can I, he said, unless someone guides me? And so he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Man, what a great intro. Don't you wish this happened to you more often? Where people just say, hey, I'm trying to understand this story about Jesus. I'm trying to understand and learn about this this God that people say is personal and wants to know me personally and sent his son. And can you tell me about him? I mean, has that happened to you? Where people are, they're, they're so curious and they just want to know and they, they meet you and maybe they see you reading something or, or they just sense maybe he has an answer or she has an answer. Well, this is exactly what's happening here is this is a prime opportunity, a wide open invitation. There's doorways that come up in life that are like intros to spiritual conversations. Sometimes it's, it's just right after worship service, after we worship. There's a pattern where there's an opportunity. You actually might have an opportunity tonight to, to talk with someone. And maybe you sense, wow, God is really working in their heart and in their life. And they're, they're open in a, in a new way, in a fresh way. And I see God is, is doing something there. That's a, that's a doorway into a spiritual conversation. Sometimes, and even I would say in this, this time in our culture right now, with all of the challenges, all of the division, all of the question, all of the confusion, all of the concerns... In the midst of the world events that we're involved in or just that we're reading about or, or challenged with personally, people are spiritually open. There's some people that are asking questions that God, God is actually stirring some people's hearts. Some people are walking through what I call a dis, D-D-I-S. I know it doesn't seem to, you know, I don't think you'd spell it that way, but D-D-I-S, I, I say dis is it. I pay attention when there's death, when there's divorce, when there's illnesses, when there's a status change. This is it. I pay attention because those are often these wide open invitations where God is doing something and God wants to use us. And something about Philip that we need to understand is Philip isn't a guy like me who vocationally, who's a, who's a pastor and preaches weekly. You know, he, he is an ordinary person. He was among seven who were selected because of their character, their, their reputation, people that were full of the spirit and full of wisdom to, to take care of people. He was an ordinary individual. And God gives him this moment. So pay attention. This is it. Whenever you see those things occurring, these are open doors for discussion and sometimes eternal life change. Stop and consider even right now. Pause for a moment and just think to yourself, who in my world may need guidance right now. You know, this man in the chariot, he, he says, how can I understand this unless someone guides me? Who in your world right now may be asking that same question, just looking and seeking guidance, needing a guide? So verse 31 again, how can I, he said, unless someone guides me? And so he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now, the scripture passage he was reading was this, and this is a reference from Isaiah 53, and here's what he was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. This is a passage from Isaiah 53. It's a messianic prophecy, probably the most important prophetic chapter in all of the Bible is this, is this chapter, Isaiah 53. God leads them to this place at this time when 
Philip is, is en route because he's being guided by God. God's connecting. All these things are converging in this moment. And he's reading about someone who is led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And so this man is reading about the lamb of God. And he wants to know more. Who is this? And if you read Isaiah 53, you'd see more clues about a suffering servant, a prophecy about Jesus, God who would come in the flesh. And this is being written and prophesied 700 years before. But this man was reading this passage. And in verse 34, God's using this to create a spiritual hunger that is growing inside this man. In verse 34, it says, the eunuch said to Philip, I ask you. Who is this prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. And so Philip, he starts with the scripture, and he leads to Jesus. He connects these dots, and Philip is able to be a witness. And he begins sharing about God's plan of salvation that that culminated in the sending of his son, and Whenever you have these opportunities, I would say this, share what you know. A lot of times we get into these meaningful interruptions and we we're, we might think about, oh, what would I say? What would I have said if I was in the chariot? What would I have said if I was walking down the road and I had that kind of encounter? Or if I'm at the mailbox and I'm, I'm and God's doing something, but I don't know what to say. I mean, share what you do know. You don't have to be an expert. Some of our kids here at, here at OCC are bold witnesses, and we're so proud of you. Some of you kids in our kids zone, you've been, you know, learning about God's truth. You've been learning God's truth and how to spot the enemy's lies, and you're learning how to tell the difference between God's truth and the enemy's lies and the messages that are coming at us. And, and you're learning about Jesus and what what God, how God sent his son and and how we connect with god through the son jesus and and you've learned this these stories from god's word in kids zone and even through this pandemic season so many of you children continue to tune into kztv and to to learn and to grow and to buy up the opportunities and then you start sharing and through the years we've we've had the kids of occ sharing with coaches and teachers and neighbors and friends and then those people get curious and so share what you know you could download some real helpful tools adults here's a couple of helpful tools if you're not using any apps on your phone to help stimulate spiritual conversations or equip you for spiritual conversations maybe check out the U version bible and then this app called god's tool or god tools and god tools is a helpful app to just equip you to be prepared for spiritual encounters those those invitations where people begin asking you questions i'm old school so i love paper tracks or i even like a pen and a napkin and i like to draw things out on napkins for people but the point here is to be prepared for meaningful interruptions because this isn't just a story in the bible that oh that's fascinating no this is actually is what we experience in our lives 
as we make ourselves available to God. Look at Acts eight thirty six. So as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? And so he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, we don't have a documented dialogue of all that they talked about, but Philip, again, he, he, he started with the scriptures, he shared Jesus with this man, and even at some point he explained baptism, and when they passed by water, the eunuch said, look, there's water. I'm ready to believe. I'm ready to go public. Right there, right now, right in front of my entire entourage. What would keep me from getting baptized? Think about the significance of this moment. It's a powerful moment. And so he's baptized. Verse 39, when they came up out of the water. So this wasn't a sprinkling. This was actually immersion in water. They got into the water and Philip baptized him fully underwater. This demonstrates the union we have with Christ when we go under the water. We're identifying ourselves as, you know, with his death, his burial, and then his resurrection. It's a picture. It's a symbol. When they came up out of the water, it says, The Spirit of God carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40 says, Philip appeared in Azotus, and, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to, to Caesarea. So there's this mysterious disappearance of Philip. It just says that the Spirit of the Lord carried him away. And then he appears in a different place. He's transported by God. This has happened in the Bible. This may have happened more, but in the Bible it's only recorded two other times in the Bible. With Ezekiel and Elijah in the Old Testament. And so Philip's purpose was to be right there for that encounter, and then God moved him along. And wherever Philip was, his focus was to clearly share Jesus, to preach Jesus, to clarify this message, and then to help people cross the line of faith. This is, this is part of our assignment. It's an opportunity. It's, it's really a privilege for us. And for any of us who, who, when we're prompted to share or when we're prompted to be bold, we might become really intimidated and think to ourselves, I'm not the right person to do this. I'm not the right person to share with this person. How could God use me? But if we're obedient and if we're available, God will give us exactly what we need to respond to the opportunities and to the people that he brings our way. And we're excited that today, in just a few minutes... A number of people are going to get baptized. We actually have built a, a little tub up here in the front. Here's the picture of the seven people. Isn't that exciting? Look at this. Woo! That's great. And if you see yourself up there on that screen, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to go ahead and make your way towards wherever John, Pastor John, told you to head to. Head over to him. <laughs> and you can make your way towards that tub, and he's going to get you ready. This is sort of like your five-minute warning, okay? <laughs> John, any other instructions for them?
Just, okay. Great. So head on over there. Now for the rest of you, here's a few important points about baptism. Before we hold this baptism, before we do this, which by the way, we're going to have cameras that are going towards this tub in the front. In case you're wondering, it's, it's, it's warm water. You can see steam coming off it right now. They'll be warmer than us for a moment. <laughs> and then we know they'll be cold. But we have some heaters over here for them. And some, uh, just some ways to help them stay warm. But for the rest of us, here's some points about baptism. Baptism is public. It's public. What I mean by this is people that know me, if I'm getting baptized, if I'm one of the seven, they're basically identifying publicly. People that know me are going to see me, and now they know that I follow Jesus. And then the other thought comes to mind. Uh-oh. People that don't know me also will know that I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm not turning back. So it's public. Second, it's a step of obedience. It's a step of obedience. It doesn't save us. It's a step after believing. It's a declaration. Another thing here is baptism fuels future growth. When you say yes to being baptized, that step of obedience, it sets you on a course of saying yes to Jesus. And so we encourage people, think of it more like an initiation, not like a graduation. I often hear people say, well, I'm ready. I I have decided to follow Christ, but I'm not ready to be baptized because I'm not cleaned up enough in my life yet. Well, you're, you're looking at that as a graduation, but baptism is more like an initiation, not a graduation. And every time you can say yes to Jesus, you ought to. Another thing here is baptism encourages others to press on. So those who are struggling, it encur- when we see people get baptized in a moment, it will encourage others who, who are just having a rough time right now. And when you see people taking bold steps, going public, it, it stirs our hearts and it causes us to say, I, I can keep saying yes. I can keep obeying. I can keep doing hard things for the Lord. I can keep responding to the way that God leads and prompts me. If you serve here, if you volunteer here at OCC, and I think last week Bryce was saying we have 172 volunteers, adult volunteers, then for us, baptism is sort of like Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? Because we spend a lot of time together serving. And so when we celebrate life change, for us it's like Super Bowl Sunday. It's way better than Super Bowl Sunday because it's eternal life change we we're we're seeing these people this is a huge celebration and then is a powerful testimony to others who are considering jesus it's a powerful testimony every single baptism god uses this time to draw others and god opens people's hearts to want to know more. Now these people that are getting baptized, they've already become Christ followers. Baptism is a symbol. It's a step of obedience. They have already said yes to Jesus. This act, this symbol is not a saving act. Only Jesus can save us. And confessing him as our, our Savior and our Lord is critical. And these people have made that decision. And you're going to hear a little bit more from them in just a moment as they make a confession. But 
as we wrap this up, you might be able to identify with the Ethiopian in this story, in this way. If you're here and you have questions, uh, we would love to answer your questions, even tonight. We have a, a prayer tent that is over here by the screen, just beside this screen. There's, a, there's an easy up, and we have some people and a ministry team available, some volunteers that will be ready to pray for you. We'd love it if you're, if you're working through anything in your life and you just need prayer. Would you come and pray with our, our prayer team? You know, all of us at one point have found ourselves wrestling with deeper questions. And I, in that way, we were all like that Ethiopian and we needed somebody to guide us to life. We needed someone to connect the dots spiritually where God began drawing our hearts and we needed somebody to say, and we've, we've been sort of like, Maybe the Ethiopian where we're, we're flipping through the Bible and trying to understand what are these words? What are these stories? What does this mean for me? And then God used someone, maybe it was in a church, maybe it was a neighbor, maybe it was a coworker, but God used someone to explain what this means. Connected the scriptures to Jesus and then to your life. And so as we've looked at this story, I want you to think about where do you find yourself in this story? We can probably all identify with the Ethiopian who had questions, but now I'd like you to consider how you also might be like Philip and how there's opportunities, interruptions that God is divinely putting together, putting people in your path to bring about life change. Here's a few next steps and then we're going to launch into our baptism. I would encourage you to download the God Tools and the Version Bible apps. Those are some real helpful apps. Maybe just take a picture of these next steps, and you can check these out later. Then The next one is, consider who in your world may need guidance. God, show me. Open my eyes to see what's going on around me. I want to join you wherever you're working. And then third, pray for unexpected spiritual conversations this week. If we all did this last next step, can you imagine what God could do in and through our church? God, highlight this, these unexpected opportunities. Give me opportunities to, to, to have conversations with people about you this week. Hey, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this group that has decided to take this step of obedience. As they get baptized, Lord, I pray that this would be another moment in their journey with you. Father, I pray that you would just motivate them uh, to continue to say yes to you, God, every day of their life. And I pray for everyone that's here, Lord, that's watching. I pray this would stir our hearts and that we would rejoice together with these people. And that we would even just celebrate the, the way that as a whole team, Lord, our church is able to celebrate as lives are changed. And we, we all take part in that through our serving, through our giving, through our worship, through our relating to one another. Father, you're using us and you're extending and expanding your kingdom. And so we thank you. Lord, we also pray for any that are here that are, that are asking questions and that, that are genuinely open to you. They want to know more. And maybe they sense that you're drawing their heart tonight. I pray that tonight they would get their questions answered. Lord, would you open up spiritual conversations all through this field tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, you can stay at your seats if you uh, – we're going to begin the baptism really soon. And I'm actually just going to head over there. And family members, I think, can make their way. If they want to get a little closer, family members can do that.
And we're going to be turning our... Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us. And join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.